This is Taiwan Plus on ICRT, your connection to stories that matter. Brought to you by the news team at TaiwanPlus.com. You're watching Taiwan Plus News. Delegations from Ukraine and Russia will hold talks at Ukraine's border with Belarus later on Monday. But the diplomatic efforts are met with skepticism, with Russian President Vladimir Putin's announcement that he's put his country's nuclear weapons on high alert. And as the human cost mounts, NATO and Western allies are increasing pressure on Moscow. James Chater begins our coverage. Smoke billowing above the Ukrainian capital, Kyiv, and homes reduced to rubble. Now familiar images in this country upended by war. More than 400,000 Ukrainians are known to have fled the country since Russia's invasion began, with the EU warning some 7 million could be displaced by the conflict. But with each of those fleeing, an individual story of separation and loss. Ukrainian and Russian delegations are set to meet at the border with Belarus on Monday, the Ukrainian president will not be attending and has set low expectations for the discussions. Sanctions on Russia continue to pile up, with Moscow now cut off from the international SWIFT banking system, critical for making global payments. But unmoved by the growing pressure, Russian President Vladimir Putin on Sunday announced that the country's nuclear arsenal is to be put on high alert lending urgency to Monday's emergency special meeting of the UN General Assembly in New York. It is extremely alarming that the Russian president has supported, has resorted today to open nuclear blackmail. The world must take this threat very seriously. Putin's invasion has galvanized EU leaders who have approved a 450 million euro package to supply lethal weapons to Ukrainian forces and the everyday Ukrainians who have stayed behind to fight. With martial law in place, Ukrainian men aged between 18 and 60 are now prohibited from leaving the country, many of them taking up arms in a war that's tearing apart a country and a continent. Asnaya Joe and James Chater for Taiwan Plus. Taiwan's foreign ministry says it has evacuated more than a dozen Taiwanese out of Ukraine, although some remain in the country. Our reporter Louise Watt has more. Relieved and in Poland, 18 Taiwan nationals arrived in Warsaw on Saturday after a long ride from Ukraine. The Foreign Ministry says four other Taiwanese living in Ukraine arrived in Slovakia on Sunday, assisted by the Taiwan Trade Center in Kyiv. But 14 Taiwan nationals were still in Ukraine. Half of them in Kyiv, where satellite footage showed Russian troops and tanks closing in. There's been widespread international condemnation of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, including from Taiwan. Taiwan's premier also denounced rumors circulating online, suggesting that now Russia has invaded its former state, China will do the same to Taiwan. Taiwan's foreign ministry is appealing for its nationals still in Ukraine to leave as soon as possible. Getting out of a country under attack is only likely to get harder. Ricky and Louise Watt for Taiwan Plus. 
And, as Bing Wang reports, many Taiwanese are coming out to remind themselves of the struggles they have overcome. White sheets of fabric stretch across its two-to-eight rally in Taipei. It's a stark reminder that February 28th is not just about remembering the brutal crackdown on anti-government protesters back in 1947. The material represents the ensuing decades of authoritarian rule known as the White Terror Period. This rally is just one of many being held across the nation to commemorate the 75th anniversary of 228. In the northeastern port city of Jilong, President Tsai Ing-wen reaffirms her commitment to protecting Taiwan's democracy. Taiwan has shed its authoritarian past. Now the country wants to ensure this dark period in history won't be forgotten. For decades, rallies like these would have been suppressed during martial law. Authoritarian rule in Taiwan lasted for 40 years. It was become now known as the White Terror Period. Any mention of the 228 incident could get people thrown in prison. While Taiwanese people no longer feel threatened by their own government, they remain wary of potential threats to their way of life coming from outside of Taiwan. We are encountering more and more uh, different uh, threats, like uh, the internet threats and fake news. And uh, But still, I believe in Taiwanese people, we have uh, enough uh, strength, enough wisdom to face this. People at the rally are also standing in solidarity with Ukraine as the Eastern European country resists a Russian invasion. In the southern port city of Kaohsiung, Mayor Chen Chimai has also offered his support for Ukraine and says people need to work together for peace. As wars continue to unfold in countries far away from Taiwan, 228 Peace Memorial Day serves as an important reminder of Taiwan's own authoritarian past and of the people who fought for the nation to become the fully-fledged democracy it is today. Alex Chen and Bing Wang for Taiwan Plus. Taiwan's opposition Kuomintang ruled the country as an authoritarian one-party state for decades and was responsible for the 228 incident. But it also oversaw Taiwan's transition to democracy in the 1990s. Our reporter Ed Moon looks at how the party managed to reinvent itself and how the legacy of 228 still haunts it to this day. A long and controversial history. Taiwan's largest opposition party, the Kuomintang, or KMT, ruled the country for over four decades as a one-party state until the late 1980s. It was under KMT rule that the 228 incident occurred, as the party ordered soldiers from China to crack down on Taiwanese civilians, angered by perceived corruption and mistreatment. The ensuing massacre saw tens of thousands killed and led to a period of repression known as the White Terror. Alexander Huang is the head of the KMT's international affairs team. I'm not trying to walk away from any responsibility. I believe that it was a, an act or a policy decision um, for securing uh, the Republic of China during that time. 
And the reason why that we have a national holiday to commemorate, to remember, is right. Despite its authoritarian past, the KMT later managed to democratize. So how did this almost 130-year-old Chinese party, one that was responsible for some of Taiwan's darkest moments, and formerly led by a dictator in Chiang Kai-shek, managed to adapt to succeed in a multi-party democracy. The KMT enjoyed a record of economic development that allowed it to appeal to voters, um, and uh, which in turn allowed it to thrive in democracy. And we also see the KMT uh, abandon in many ways its quote-unquote conservative stripes and actually begin to legislate quite full uh, and redistributive universal social policies, most notably the National Health Insurance Program. The KMT is not unique in having trod the road from authoritarianism to successful democratic party. Other Asian countries have also walked the same path. Closest comparator uh, would be South Korea. Um, South Korea uh, under uh, Chun Doo-hwan was also a brutal authoritarian regime. But by the mid-1980s, it too had uh, very obviously passed its apex of power. Today's KMT doesn't believe its past transgressions should be held against it. We have young KMT members came to me and say, I didn't do anything wrong. Why should we apologize on the yearly basis every year on 2-2-A? I told them that um, we apologize for our predecessors. We take responsibility, we uh, take the lessons, and uh, we educate the, our kids and next generation that it should not, never be happened. But we do not believe that this uh, unfortunate period uh, should be the liability in all future elections. But after six years out of office and coming off a run of electoral failures, the KMT faces questions over whether it can return to power. To move forward, the party can look to its past for lessons on how to adapt and survive. James Rayner and Ed Moon for Taiwan Plus. Thanks for watching Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Kavat. Stay safe and see you next time. Thanks for listening to Taiwan Plus on ICRT. For more great stories from Taiwan and around the world, visit TaiwanPlus.com.